0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. If this is your first time hearing about Exodus and their brand of trail cameras, all of their cameras are backed by a five-year no BS warranty and even includes five-year theft and damage coverage. They simply have the best trail camera warranty in the industry and have the customer service to support everything that you need, right? So currently in the month of April, and that's only for April 2nd.
1: And April 3rd, they are running a special. You can get 20% off the
0: Exodus Trek and the Exodus Lift 2 by using the code APRIL. Uh, You can also visit their website, ExodusOutdoorGear.com for more information. So go check out their cameras and let's get into today's podcast. To another episode of the Freshwater Bite. This is a special episode. This is episode number 20 that you're listening to, and it has been one year, believe it or not, since I launched the podcast. It was a year ago today that I was coming out with my first podcast featuring Lance Valentine jigging the Detroit River, uh, which is actually kind of fitting for this time of year, too. If you haven't listened to that episode, now is the time to listen to it. It's that time of year again where you can uh, learn what. Uh, Lance teaches and kind of give you an insight of what jigs and what line and what areas of the Detroit River to start jigging in because we're coming up on that time of year. But again, thank you guys. This year has been amazing. Thank you for all the support along the way. And I look forward to many more years to come. But on today's episode to help me celebrate the one-year anniversary is Dan Stewart. Dan is the owner and operator of Chrome Seekers uh, Sport Fishing Guide Service out of uh, Northern Michigan here. And Dan and myself... And his uh, right-hand man, Nate, recently went on a Spring River steelhead trip, and Dan was nice enough to take me out in his boat, teach me the ropes. This is my first time going after uh, these, uh, these steelhead running up the rivers this time of year, and I had a blast. I learned a lot, and I try to provide what I learned and all that value with uh, techniques, line setup, um, bait. All that kind of stuff I put into this podcast with Dan. I sat down with him at his house, and we just talked. You get to know Dan very well. He talks about his guide service, how he got started into fishing. Um, you know what makes him tick, what he what he enjoys about fishing, and he just provides a lot of value. Uh, you know, at the end of this podcast, he also offers up um, something that's very nice and very gracious of him to offer. Uh, A discount on his guide service so you're gonna want to listen up at the end of this episode hit this guy up go fishing with him let him take you out guiding you're gonna learn a ton of information but uh, here we go let's get into this week's episode all right I want to welcome Dan Stewart on the podcast from Chrome seekers guide business Dan what's going on man not a whole lot looking at
1: snow coming down here on April 1st it's like what's going on with this weather
0: (laughs) It's not April Fool's. They're not fools in us. We're actually looking at snow right now coming down. Yeah. I don't know, quite steady, but I guess it's that time of year living in northern Michigan. That's what you get. You never know. But how many times does someone bring you pizza and then do a podcast with you? Um, This is the first time. Is this your first first podcast? First podcast. Oh, dude. You might not get this every time. I know. With the pizza and everything like that. But uh, we're going to give you guys a great podcast today. Um, Dan and I, we... I just reached out to you on Instagram, didn't yep. I? And, you know, Dan was someone who I seen was killing it in the the fishing world, posting big fish all the time. And, you know, I just kind of been following him on Instagram for a while and I reached out to him and I found out it was actually luck that you lived a half hour away yeah. from me here in northern Michigan. yeah. So I was like, I gotta get that guy in the
1: podcast. I figured you were like someone downstate or someone across the yeah. country or something. And I yeah, because you room. were
0: like, I don't know if you want to do a podcast. I live all the way up north. I'm like, oh, perfect. So do I, <laughs> right? So it worked out good. Yeah. But anyways, tell us everybody a little bit about yourself and um, you know just kind of how you got to where you are today in guiding.
1: Yeah, I mean it's been a very fun adventure. Um, I uh, started off with like probably six, seven years ago. I uh, was working, I got out of college, got that 50,000 degree piece of paper, and it's like, let's put it to work. And I was applying for jobs, and nobody was hiring. So I uh, I started a, a guide service, and I did that for like a year or two. And um, then I got asked by a buddy, uh, Chad Diltz, to work on uh, the Sea Joy. He was leaving to go pursue his other job with Sportfish Michigan. And he, Wanted to put another good person with the CJ. So I took that job and worked it for a summer, had an absolute blast. And then, um, then like I got back and I was like, all right, let's get back into this guiding thing for the fall and spring. And it wasn't going as planned. Like I was like, oh, I have Facebook, I should be able to get trips. And that's just not how it works out. So I started looking for a full time job again. And then this guy, uh, Chris Davis of Lakeside Fishing Chars, uh, Every year, I seen the guy at the ultimate fishing show. He's like, "Get your, get your captain's license, and I'll give you some trips." So, after two, three years of him saying that, I was like, "All right, I guess, I guess I should get, I sh- should get my captain's license." And the next thing I'm running, next thing I realize, I'm running charts for the guy like. Double headers almost all summer long.
0: Where were you running those at?
1: Uh, that was Detroit River and Lake St Clair. Okay, so a little bit of St Clair River too for sturgeon and stuff.
0: Is that where you grew up? Was it yeah. Southeast Michigan? Yep. Okay, I
1: grew up down there, and um, and then I got into college, and then I was just back and forth from up north down state, and but anyways, uh, so yeah, I was catching walleye and muskie on Lake St Clair, and and. Uh, August my buddies from up here are sending me pictures of 25 30 pound king salmon and I'm yeah. catching walleye <laughs> and I mean I, I love the walleye fishing but it's like I am a diehard salmon guy salmon and steelhead right. anything salmon and steel, I love it and uh, next thing I realize I'm buying a Lake Michigan char boat and now I'm running charts out of Frankfort Michigan so it's it's been a crazy crazy adventure I still do trips for Chris on the Uh, early part of the summer in Detroit River, but um, I'm slowly moving on with my my fishing career and it's taking off, so it's exciting.
0: So growing up fishing, Yeah. Did you, was this something your dad taught you or was it something that you, I mean, talk a little bit about that. Uh,
1: Actually, (laughs) it all started off with a a Band-Aid.
0: Okay, elaborate on that because I'm interested to see this segue.
1: My dad took me to a Father and Son camp for our church. Okay. And he uh like they had this whole thing of this whole schedule. Well, I went fishing sometime early in the week and I was just I was I don't know, I was probably 6, maybe 7, and I didn't know you needed a hook. <laughs> so I fished for like a couple like a day. And I was just, I tied a Band-Aid on a hook, or nine on a hook on a string, and I was just trying to catch these bluegill. And I, I, I did have one, I remember this day. I had one bite, and I had it all the way up on the dock, and then it fell off, it let go, ended up in, back in the water. And I kinda feel bad, because my dad was thinking, hey, I'll get to hang out with my kid all weekend. Or And here or you are fishing. Here I'm fishing with a Band-Aid, and, my dad's probably thinking, What's wrong with this kid?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they say you but, can use anything for baits, so yeah. that just shows you a band-aid was one of them.
1: Yep. And then uh my dad did like he wasn't a a like he goes to hang out with people, so like when I took interest in it, he did notice that this was something I enjoyed. So he did take me like a couple times a year. Um, like we'd go up to the Asabo and sleep in the back of the van and He'd be sleeping at six o'clock in the morning, I'd be down on the Açaba River, trying to catch salmon and steelhead. And uh, and then as soon as I got my truck, it was just, I was gone. That was I the, was gone. That was every the ultimate minute.
0: freedom you were looking for. Yep. Yeah,
1: and then college, it was like fish, fish, fish. Oh, I gotta go to class once in a while and fish, fish, fish the rest of the time. Where'd you go to school? I started off at NMC in Traverse City. Oh yeah. And then I ended up at CMU and the one of the reasons I went to CME was because they had a great outdoor recreation program. Okay. But they were also two hours away from just about every single river in the lower peninsula.
0: You could do your day trips. You could do your I, morning trips before oh class. Yes, oh, yeah. We
1: did. I mean, not morning trips were tough, but I mean, day trips. Uh, I mean, heck, one weekend I ended up on uh, Saginaw Bay fishing, or the Saginaw River fishing walleye. And then the next day we were fishing perch on Muskegon Lake. So, I mean, yeah, we were. I mean, night. We did pure, or uh, uh, salmon f- night fishing. Like we left one time, central at eight o'clock, went and fished uh, salmon all night long. We were back at four o'clock the next morning.
0: So it, that's a great pastime. A lot of people who live in Michigan, you always hear about the net, the, you know, when they grow up, they'll say, well, I used to fish salmon at night. And oh, yeah. Well, my buddy's dad always talked about that, how yeah. the, the, the college group or the work buddies would all get oh, together. Yeah. They would do those all night. I mean, you're fishing oh, all yeah. night until the sun comes up, you're sleeping. During oh, the yeah. wall days, in the in the middle of the day, you're getting your sleep, and then you're going right back out again at night. It's like some of the best time to catch. Pure sand.
1: fishing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And we had a cool group of guys, especially at Central, that we just we just hunt and fish, and we did we just did stuff like that. Stay at buddies' cabins from time to time, and do weekends up north. And I mean, heck, we were on the. Where were we? We were just fishing somewhere, and I just remembered all the memories from the past.
0: Yeah, like a certain spot in the river or a lake or something like that yeah. kind of brings you back. Yep. I'll do that even when we duck hunt over on like Sacanile oh, Bay yeah. or something like that, or there's a spot that we fish. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, we're duck hunting right now, but I know about 30 yards that way. Yep. There's, there's a drop, and that's where we slayed the, the walleye time. Oh, or whatever yeah. it is. So.
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> done the same thing. I wish I could come up with uh, who I was talking to about that. Oh, on the Asabo. I was talking about on the Asabo, and... Uh, just a flood of memories came through the other day so well
0: that's cool because you know your dad introduced it to you yeah In 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 a very subtle way yeah but that's what's cool about fishing or hunting or whatever it is it's like you know if you introduce someone to it they can take they can go down that that rabbit hole Mm -hmm. as far as they want to exactly some go a lot further than others like like yourself die hard where you're like you know what i don't i mean I, i went to college but I'm going to make a career out of this. Yeah, And that's, that was not the plan though. I know it wasn't the plan, (laughs) but it, it it all started with that, which is insane because some people are weekend warriors, which is great. Some people, um, you know, like myself, I think about it all the time. I can't be fishing all the time because, you know, my job or family or whatever, but that's what, that's what fuels this podcast is like, if I can't be out on the river or the water, I might as well be, be, I want to be talking about it. I want to be learning.
1: My dad, I think, the fact that he was not a big fisherman is the reason why, like, I craved it. Like, I would come home from school and just want to fish. Right. And, I mean, I remember Sundays where my we'd get out of church and I'd be like, "Dad, let's go fishing." And this was like a, in June, like. I mean, we had some inland lakes, but nothing really special. But I was like, Dad, let's go! And he was like, Oh, I don't want to, or whatever. He's a, he was a hardworking guy, so on weekends, like he had to he had to relax and get ready for the week again. So then, when he finally said, Okay, let's go fishing, I would fish like every <laughs> minute possible on those weekend getaways with Dad. And then when I got in the, when I got my truck, it was just like it was game on. And I mean, I spent. I spent days and days on the Clinton River, fish and steal it. And I mean, a lot of people went away, spring break, ca- uh, Cancun, all those places. I went steal it fishing.
0: That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, so tell the folks, obviously I, I introduced it at the beginning of the podcast, but the name of your, your guide service, and let's talk about the areas that yeah. you guide.
1: Yeah, so uh, Chrome Seekers actually start off uh, as a media business. Um, shout out to Kelvin Doctor because he was the person that <laughs> I started off with, uh, but we weren't necessarily on the same page um, as far as the business thing, and it kind of just died off because media is, as you know, media is not like it's it's a major time consumption, and neither one of us were were like in it, right? And uh, so I applied for jobs. And uh, it wasn't like, nobody was hiring, uh, or if somebody was hiring, there was like 2,000 applicants or something like that. So then uh, it di- Chrome Seekers died for a year, and then I was just like, that's when I started getting, a, I was like, man, maybe I should just guide. I mean, I love fishing. It was getting hard for people to go fishing with, because everyone was starting their life doing something else, like careers, yep. and babies, and wives, yep. and oh, all yeah. that stuff. So I was like, well, maybe maybe I should do this guiding thing. and that's Then I started Chrome Seeker, or I went with the Chrome Seeker name and it's it's growing. It's growing uh, over time. It's been a long process. I mean, it's not like you start a Facebook page and every, you're going to start booking trips. It's You got to be fishing. You got to be networking. You got to work with somebody else. There's very, very few people that I know that can create a business and just sell trips. Right. You got to get to be known. You got to get to be known throughout the state. I mean, I, I think I'm getting there, but.
0: <laughs> no, you're you're growing big time. And, the, and yeah. the, the other thing too is you're seeing more and more of it. And it seems like you're an early adopter of it. Yeah. You're fishing both sides of the state. Yep. I mean, we're surrounded by the Great Lakes, obviously, in oh, Michigan. Yeah. But other parts of the country, you might be like, why guide this river? Yep. or That person guides that lake or whatever it is. In Michigan, you have a lot of options, so you almost There's so have, much options. You have to diversify. I feel like, and you've done a great job of doing it mm-hmm. to stay busy. So you're coming. Yeah. Talk about you know. So so you said you mentioned you you guide on the Detroit River. Yep. Which obviously we're in eight, today is April first, but yep. you're going to be busy here by the oh mid the end gosh. of the month and going into May, and then. So, and then where do you go from there after the Detroit River?
1: Uh, Well, right now I'm on the big Mastee. Right. Fish for Steelhead. Yeah. And then, yeah, Detroit River starts for me the end of April, cause I missed the Steelhead run last year and I was like, that's not gonna happen this year. <laughs> so I got Steelhead trips and I got Detroit River trips starting uh, end of April. And then Memorial Day weekend, we switched to Lake St. Clair. And I'm still gonna be working for Lakeside Fishing Charters. And then, uh. I'll be running my own business too because we just talked about that new boat in my garage yeah um i'll be running that and then uh end of july it's time for some big king salmon that's right and
0: i am stoked about that so tell but you run so everyone he just i walked in and he had just purchased uh what is it an 18 foot boat
1: 17 foot g3 yeah it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's going to be Yamaha awesome. Yamaha on the
0: back. Oh, you got the Yami on the back. It's going to be perfect. Detroit River. Oh, yeah. Some of those Lake St. Clair runs, things like that. Yeah, trolling for a walleye out, out there, and it's it's going to be an absolute riot. And then you have the 27-foot for the for the King Yeah, right?
1: I have a 27-foot pro line for the yep. big lakes, so we can get in there and get out. Dry.
0: <laughs> and then and then in the fall time, where do you guide?
1: So right now, I am running trips on the Pier Marquette for September salmon. Okay. Uh, and then uh, when the fish get through the custard area, I move up to the Big Mastee. Got ya. And, uh, and then uh, might be doing the Betsy in the fall, I'm hoping. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just trying to get all my bases covered so yeah. I can go wherever the fish are biting.
0: Got ya. Any ice fishing?
1: A little bit. Um, I know
0: we talked about that the other day in the boat. Yeah. You're starting to get a little bit of that bug. I'm
1: getting, being up here in northern Michigan, it's like I'm, this year it was like, if I want to go fishing, I was like, oh, it's 10 degrees. I'm like, I don't really want to go sit in 10 degree weather in a jet, boat. I might as well <laughs> go, uh, go sit in a nice warm shanty and go fishing. And I got a nice fish my first trip, but the rest were just perch, so... Still trying to learn that. That's that's a new thing. Oh,
0: it's a whole nother it's a whole, whole new game. It's a whole new game. It's a whole new world yeah. of fishing. Anybody who ice fishes can can attest to oh, that. Oh yeah.
1: It was a lot of fun though. This is the first year I really got into ice fishing. I I, I think I'll have to fish ice fish more, especially yeah. living up here. Oh yeah. Living near Platte Lake. I mean, come on. It's yeah. beautiful there.
0: Yeah, you got a lot of great spots yeah. up here. So what's your if you were say, what's your favorite type of guide Whoa. trip or your your are you a salmon guy? I mean, are you sticking with that in the big water or what? Oh.
1: You know, it's funny. You, you're doing one thing, and then you're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. But if I had to pick, I would have to throw, I would have to say salmon fishing all around.
0: It's tough to pick, man. Not every state can say that. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you're like, you're talking about Walleye, perch, lake trout, and salmon all in the same breath. Oh yeah. It's like that's well,
1: a, a special spot, man. Shoe in Lake Huron right now. You can go catch walleye, kings, Atlantics, Lakers. Yeah. I mean, you Browns, have everything in Lake Huron right now. Oh yeah.
0: That fishery's bouncing back big oh, time.
1: It I fished with uh I fished July fourth last year. I hauled my my pro line across the state and fished with my buddies uh Rob and Kelvin on in Oscoda, we, I mean, we went 12 for 17 in like five hours of fishing. I mean, that's a walleye. We had uh, one Atlantic, one King. We lost two two or three other silver fish. And uh, we got some lake trout. And I mean, it was just an absolute riot. I was, yeah. like, holy, I was like such a mixed bag fishery.
0: And that's what made you drive a twenty-seven foot boat all the way across the state. Exactly. <laughs> Those that's, what, right there. that's probably
1: one of the reasons why it's bought a smaller boat, so it doesn't cost so much to drive it across the state.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great thing. Even throughout the seasons, whether that be hunting or fishing, it's great to, especially in the north or in the the Midwest or Michigan. Yeah, there's all you're always looking for that next season, whatever oh, yeah. it is. Like if you're out jigging for walleye, you and your buddies are talking about trolling for them in the big water or you're talking oh. about salmon fishing and when at, in the fall when you're when you're salmon fishing in the rivers or you're jigging for them you're talking about the upcoming deer season or duck oh, season so It's it's so great to like it, it, there's always something to look forward to
1: when i'm when i'm running charters like everyone is usually talking about deer hunting yeah and <laughs> when I it's got,
0: 85 degrees and yeah, you're, you're 80, hauling in salmon
1: yeah it's 85 degrees out and i'm like and the problem is like, I get more excited about deer hunting more than anything now, because when you turn your passion into a career, yeah, I mean, there is some sort of work, and then you start thinking about, like, what's next? Like, when's right. when's my passion going? Sorry, yeah. and that's now, like, I'm super into hunting. And, like, everybody will start talking about hunting on the boat. I'm like, guys, you, you, you got to stop talking about hunting because now I'll just think about hunting for the next two,
0: three months. You, you won't focus on catching fish. I won't focus on catching fish because I'm so in deer mode. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I always I always wondered that from a guide perspective. Yeah. When you decided and made that decision, which is yeah. a big decision to go into it for profession. Yeah. Did it ever ruin it for you? Or do you, do you just look at it from a different perspective? Yeah. I mean, because even us fishing the other day, I mean we weren't you weren't guiding or anything, mm-hmm. but at the same time you were just like we talked about it. That morning flew by so fast because we oh, were having such did. a blast. Oh yeah. And you know, like you said, you're like, I'm not I don't feel like I'm guiding right now. I'm just talking, having a blast, and this yeah. is why you do it. But
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the perspective uh or I don't know if that's the word, but it's changed a little bit. Yeah. Um I've noticed that uh how do I say this if I was coming off wrong? But um it's definitely changed because when there's a chance to sleep in, I sleep in. Right. Because I'm I go so hard throughout the year. Yeah. Um the one thing I can tell you is when I've in the past, before I was a guide, I would I'd be so focused on catching fish. Like I didn't ruin the trip for my buddies or anything, but I was like like it was definitely like if we didn't catch something I was like mad right but now when i go fishing with my friends i mean i'm just like i don't care if we catch anything because there's less pressure on me and i just try and live it up with my buddies now when i have people paying big money to go fishing with me like i take it completely different because i want to get i want to get people in the fish so bad um that it does just it takes a little bit out of me but man when it comes to waking up to go salmon fishing, like I wake up at whatever time and it's like, I have my first cup of coffee <laughs> or I have a sip of coffee and it's like, woohoo, we're going salmon fishing. Yeah, So I get super stoked for it's that. It's
0: not a bad office to step into. Here. No,
1: it's not a bad office at all. And you blowing outside the piers or head up to Detroit River or something and you see that beautiful sunrise in the morning. You're like, that's why I do this. And then you watch a four-year-old kid catch a, A king salmon that's twenty something pounds—that's almost half his eight, half his size—and the kid's just flipping out over it. I mean, that's when it's like, okay, I'm doing something I love.
0: Yeah, you were talking about that the other day on the boat. You're like, you know, when when some the passion that you have for fishing, you're like, you just want to pour it onto somebody else, and you just like you want them to like it as much as you do. Oh yeah, you want them to to be so ecstatic over whatever is on the other end of that line. But you said the the, the smiles and mm-hmm. when when they say at the end of the day, like it's something that they're going to remember forever. Oh yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah, even if it's only whatever four fish you catch that day. Yeah, yeah, it's those four fish that get someone hooked into fishing forever. Oh, or Whatever yeah. it is, they keep coming back for.
1: Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not even about the catching. Like if somebody goes out fishing, like we were, I think we were talking about the other day. Where it's all about the memories being made. sometimes it's not about the fish, right Me and like, for example, me and my buddy Luke and another guy went fishing, and uh, I can't tell you what we caught that day. I know we caught fish, but it wasn't something like crazy, right. And then we'd go back to his cabin and he had chili being cooked up, and we we had been fishing all day. We're hungry. We're just scarfing down this chili. And we're all on our second and third bowl. And the next thing I realized, my buddy's like, I'm not feeling good. Oh, and I'm shit. like, "I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, <laughs> I'm not feeling good. He rushes to the bathroom. And then the other guy, he was like, get out of there. I got to go. And the next thing I realized, we're all taking turns in the, the bathroom. And we all got food poisoning. And <laughs> like, I, like I said, I don't know how many fish we caught. But it was like little things like that. No, you don't have to have
0: food poisoning to remember the
1: trip, but I mean, just little things like that.
0: Fishing brought you guys together down that road.
1: Oh yeah. And then catching, uh, maybe you fished your butt off all day long and nothing was biting. And then like, you're like, ah, five more minutes, five more minutes. And then one bites. Like those are the things like the days that I catch like an average number of fish. We, you don't remember. It's the days where you try your hardest and you're with good friends and you're with good people that you remember the most.
0: Yeah, it's that process too. It's the the people you're with, the yeah. things that you're doing differently, you're trying new spots, you're mm-hmm. trying new lures, you're having the laughs along the way. Oh, like yeah. you said, that's the stuff that you remember even if you only catch one. Yeah. Or you don't catch anything. Yeah. But it's that process that you got to you got to love it the whole time you're fishing whether you're catching fish or whether you're not.
1: And I think people are getting away from that too. Cause you get on social media and people are like, I gotta catch the most fish. And if they don't catch the most fish or they don't catch a fish, right? it's like the worst thing ever happened. And, and I've tried since guiding, I've realized this. And I try to be like, when I go fishing and just for fun, I try and just have as much fun as possible, whether we kill them or we don't kill them.
0: Yeah. And you post about that too. Like the I one tried. that got off and you said, you know, I fought this fish for whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than just a, a, an empty hook or, or the river that you posted, you're like, you got off somewhere down there. Yeah. But I think a lot of people I'll remember that you'll remember that, but people are afraid to post that sometimes Yeah, they're afraid to post about their failures and, and in fishing, it's a lot of failures. It's a lot. of. It's failures. the only way you can be successful is, is through learning through those failures. Exactly. And yeah. So, Do your customers expect a lot now? Do have you seen? Yes and no. Okay.
1: Um, I have guys that come out and they're the guys that come out and they're expecting limits. Yeah, and they're talking about that. That's very very stressful. Right. Because limits aren't always a guarantee. I mean, people. Some people think, oh, I'm hiring a charbo, I'm gonna go out and smoke them, and that's just not. I mean, sometimes yeah, that's our goal is to get you guys to get the guys the most fish. But there's other groups and these are the groups I love that just want to come out, have a good time. They want to catch a couple of fish. They're they, are, they are all expecting fish, but right. they want to catch a de- a couple of fish per person. Um, Those are the people I love. right? And I've had people come out and they caught, maybe they caught one king each and they were all 20 pound fish or something and they're just ear to ear smiles. right? Those are the people I love. If I have a guy come up to me and they're like, oh, uh, do you catch limits? I, I don't want them on my boat. Right. I mean, I'm gonna do what I can to get you a limit, but if you're expecting it, you should probably just go somewhere else because you might you might be disappointed. I don't like, like this is my passion, right? and I wanna keep it fun for me, and if I have that much stress.
0: Yeah, it's not worth it then.
1: Then, then it's not worth it and go with somebody else, but I mean, depends on the fish, and sometimes i mean people will tell you they'll get their limit but they just want to get your mo- your money now walleye fishing <laughs> <laughs> detroit river walleye fishing or walleye fishing anywhere on the east side of the state man that's as close to a guarantee as limit <laughs> you can get right now if as good as it's fishing holy smokes i mean i don't guarantee i don't guarantee anything but
0: but you can give him you can get him a handful of fish oh, at least.
1: Oh my gosh! I was like, man, we were limited out like so much on the oh, Detroit River, so and I'm like, this is as close to a guarantee I'll ever
0: give you. I mean, I mean, it's world class over there. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's you amazing. Have, you, I mean, you've got the Lake Erie system and the the river, Lake St Clair. Oh yeah, Saginaw Bay. I mean, it's just a monster. People, I mean, a lot of people don't realize. I think they do realize or. Maybe if they haven't fished anywhere else, the, 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 size of that fishery over there and how, it's and, and how well it's producing, it's only getting better. Yeah. I mean, I don't after, know
1: how it's going to get better after last season, but they, the DNR has said it's going to be better. It's than getting last better. Year. The
0: fish class are getting better. Um, <sighs> you know, I think guys are, uh, you know, fishing practices have changed over yep. the years for sure. Um, letting bigger fish go, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, knowing what size to keep to eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all personal preference, but right. I think there they, a certain adoption of what, what to keep has grown over the last few years yeah. and it's made that fishery even better. But
1: Great, now you're getting me excited about jigging for walleye. Good, it's only been a couple <laughs>
0: weeks, you should be. Before we get into that, oh. though, I want to talk about our day on the river. That was fun. That was a blast. That blew by so stinking quick. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, I mean, and that's, other than people getting to know you and, you know, the guide life a little bit, I wanna, I wanna s- spend as much time as we can and, and really pour a lot of value into uh, going for steel-eyed. Actually,
1: can we just make fun of Nate the whole time?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, oh yeah, Nate, yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're gonna get into Nate, too. <laughs> so. so <Just> kidding, Nate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're gonna tell everybody, we're gonna get into what we did that day, um, there's a there's a post on on Dan and I, and it's gonna be the photo too of this epic fish that we caught or he caught, but um, we'll just walk through the day yeah. of, of what we did mm-hmm. um and I want to try to break down the body of water and all that kind of stuff and yeah. just tell all the listeners how they can get into this type of fishing because yeah had run a lot of different areas throughout the country especially here in Michigan. Um, sometimes even in uh, small rivers and creeks that yep. a lot of people don't even know about. Oh, yeah. And there could be steelhead in their back yep. door and they just, they don't know. But. If
1: it has a way to get to a Great Lake, there is probably steelhead in it at some point right. in the year. I have fished creeks as big as this kitchen. There's This kitchen isn't very big. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, I so.
0: And it's this time of year where it starts to get hot. Oh, yeah. So tell everybody what the steelhead are doing this time of year. And it's it's hit or miss, right? So it, it does, I mean, it goes kind of by a month, but really you're right. paying attention more to weather and water temperature, right?
1: Weather, water temperature, runs a fish. Like we've been beating on the uh, older fish, the fish that came in the fall and throughout the winter. Uh, I mean, fishing was extremely tough two months, or not two months, two weeks ago. And uh, all the fish that were, the only fish that were getting caught were super dark fish. And, uh, this last week uh, it finally as soon as the water started coming down it uh it got a lot better and we seen on our trip that i hooked i think two or three chromers. yep so i bounced that one fish off the side of the boat that yeah. was chrome <laughs> that lamin glass rod holy smokes
0: <laughs> yeah dude that thing was hooking them right in the left maybe a, maybe a little too good
1: yeah well that hook set i have to chill out on my hook set or I'm going through throw a bolt, uh, uh, split shot through Dan, my
0: head. Dan would go for a hook set. His bobber would go down on the river and he would go for his hook set. And you better be, your head better be on a swivel in the boat because Nate and I <laughs> were looking down his bobber and his split shot coming right back at our heads maybe five or six times. Yeah. And we're like, Dan, you got to cool with the hook set. Yeah. On so
1: the quick story about that is <laughs> I used to run uh, a St. Croix Avid. Okay. And don't get me wrong; it was a great rod for the time I've used it. But when I set the hook, I always set the hook as hard as I possibly could, whether the 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 bobber's going down at my rod tip or it's going down 150 yards downriver. And I just uh, signed on the glasses guide staff guide program, and I got a. Uh, the red line center pin rod sent to me and that was like the first trip i got to run it and when i set that hook you it was insane like i had to chill out on setting the hook like i could i can't set the hook that hard or i might take a someone's going there their eye poked out by his uh, split shot. <laughs> Even
0: twenty yards down the river, your hook sets were coming oh. up and out of the water. Oh yeah, it was awesome.
1: And then that little skipper I hooked at my rod tip—I yeah. launched that thing off the side of the boat. Uh, I'm yeah.
0: Like, oh man, I can't. I got <laughs> ooh poor fish. You chill <laughs> it. Uh But yeah, so I show up to 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 jump on the boat. I have I've never gone for steelhead like this before, yep. and it was. That's why I wanted to come on. I wanted to learn and and, get to know you and everything like that. And that's why this podcast exists today. But I show up and uh, Dan has your deck can Nate, there, right? Yep. Waiting in the river. It was just fun fishing with us. Fun fishing with us. And uh, Nate's a great dude. And it's kind of cool to see these two go back and forth and and interact with one another. And it was great because I didn't think that anybody... If anybody knows me and my friends, I'm super sarcastic. Uh And then I met... Nate and like, and like, I was like, I had to watch my humor on you guys because so like, you know, a lot of guys don't like people who are sarcastic and dry humor oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, Nate blew me out of the water. He took it to the next level with dry humor. I was like that guy, I, I can get along with really good. <laughs>
1: Where did you catch the fish in the water, <laughs> in the water? Just what? back slap him
0: sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we started to, to cruise down the stream and down the river what would what should folks a um, the type of fishing we did we did from a jet boat right but you can also do it from just waiting in the in, oh yeah. in the river and safe spots in the water yep. anyone getting into this what do they want to look for in different areas in the water
1: um, well it that's that can go a lot of different ways yeah um the short answer is just to spend time on the river and you'll you'll figure it out right um. I kind of look at it as uh, if you're look watching the water temps, the water temps will tell you where to fish and how high the water is. Right. Um, when it's low and, uh, low and cold, like I'm thinking, uh, they're not going to be moving much, so they're going to be in slower water. Okay. And I kind of think of it like you and I and us humans. What we would do. Yeah, when it's cold, do we want to be outside? Do we want to be moving? We want to stay in our house and stay warm right and but as it warms up as that little short of that week of warm weather like we were all out having fun well the same thing goes for steelhead like as that water starts warming up they become more active they start slamming things more uh, harder um and they start moving when it's winter they like staying in super slow water but when it's when it warms up they like moving in the faster water and then they also like to start that pre-spawn where they're trying to move up to their beds uh and if you're fishing on a or when they move up onto the beds that's faster water and uh it's going to be like warmer water
0: right and then what's that certain temperature that you're kind of looking for if there's a range where it really starts to pick up where you're like ah, i'm not going to go if it's if it's this it's kind of too cold for it yeah. if it gets to this temperature I might start hitting the river a little bit harder
1: right uh probably 38 40 degrees okay I mean you can steal a fish
0: all winter long
1: you can steal a fish all year long right um the sc- summer Skamania start coming in in the summertime but we'll go back to we'll talk about that later uh I mean they start coming in the fall and then uh, they're they're kind of in faster water behind behind the salmon um and then as it gets colder, they start moving into slower holes, slower holding spots. Yep. And then as it progresses into spring and as the water temperatures start warming up, that's when they start moving into faster water. And the best thing it can, I, and this is not all just like, uh, this is how it is 100% of the time. I've right. caught fish in the wintertime in faster water. Right. Uh, but for the most part, when I'm winter fishing, I'm looking for slower water. And then when, the, it warms up i start looking for faster water right. and then you're also when it's warming up the water temperatures are warming up the fish start relying on uh faster water for oxygen right. so okay. that oxygen's coming through yep so
0: well it's it's <clears throat> it's helpful to just like a lot of people hear podcasts or yeah. they read in um in fisherman magazine how to break down lakes yeah it's I mean it's the same kind of thing. That's why I wanted to portray for people for for the rivers like Yeah. All right, here I got this miles and miles of river. Yep. Here's the launch. I can only walk a half mile either direction. Yeah. How do I break down that? I mean, it's just good to know this kind of information for folks to to break it down mm-hmm. and uh, you know, obviously if you're if you're going from a in the waders and you're, you're wading the water, obviously step where you know the water, where you can see bottom uh, Yeah, and kind of tread lightly around if you're trying to get to a deeper yep. hole. Cause one thing I didn't know, that water was moving pretty damn quick. Oh yeah. And, it, and especially this time of year, you're getting the melt and then on top of the rains, it's, it's probably the fastest time of year for it yeah. to start
2: boogieing around.
1: And it's crazy cause uh, the river actually went up right. since you and I fished. Really? Yeah, it went up another 500 CFS. Did it rain? No. It was just melt off and I mean that's dam controlled, so the dam has that's true. something to do with it. Yeah. And uh yeah, it went up and then the local river that also went up too. That's right. So like everything's going up again. I'm I'm sure because most of our snow's gone, I, well, except for this. As new it's stuff falling, that right, yeah, as it falls today. It's falling right now. Um I think a lot of that the past couple days was all melt off from the oh. ground. So
0: anyone listening to this podcast and this isn't i'm just taking a step back real quick uh steelhead are kind of a different fish from rainbow trout oh yeah even though some people use them interchangeably back yep. and forth yep. kind of just talk about the differences between that for anyone who does not fish yeah chrome
1: well it definitely depends on who you're talking to do. yeah
0: yeah exactly you're
1: talking to like someone out on the pacific coast they're like oh you're stealing aren't our- they're just rainbow trout, but right. us fish, us Michigan fishermen, we call our Great Lakes rainbow trout. They're steelhead, right? Um, the difference is our steelhead from Lake Michigan or Lake Huron, uh, they run up the river, whereas a rainbow trout they just they, they just hang the out. They yeah. live in the river. Right. Yeah, they're not they're not going out to Lake Michigan, um, and then obviously above the dam. You catch a rainbow trout, you know it's a rainbow trout because it right. ain't going down the river.
2: That's
0: right. All right, so good. So we got into that. Now let's talk about, <clears throat> you know, our setups. Yeah. Of how we're going after these fish. Yep. Um, anyone wanting to look to get to, to get into going after steelhead, if they're going to go out to their lo- local bait shop, um, you can get into this type of fishing if you have waders, or if you have a jet boat, or just a flat bottom boat for relatively inexpensive to start you don't need a bunch of rods you don't need you don't need 10 tackle boxes worth of gear
1: heck if you really want to do it i mean you just gotta have a rod right i mean a lot of people steel efficient has gotten well not just steel efficient everything's gotten so complicated over the years correct and i mean i started stealing salmon fishing with a seven foot rod that i got from the store is it the best rod possible best rod no but I just want to do it, and over time I bought more and more stuff, and now I have way too much stuff. <laughs> but um, I mean, don't let someone tell you, oh, you have to have a you have to have a 13 foot center pin rod to catch steel. That's you just need a seven foot rod with some good line, a uh, reel, and whether you bottom bounce or bobber fish, I mean, you can buy all that stuff for. I mean, it's. It's not that much to spend, right? And you just hit up a river and just give it your best shot. And and if you really want to go into it, knowing you can jump on the internet and
0: Find research you need.
1: the rigs and stuff, and then and then maybe go down the river and talk to some people. I mean, a lot right. of people are a lot of people are nice on the river. When I used to live in Traverse City, I mean, I became friends with almost everybody on the Boardman River, and I had a great group of friends I fished with, and I learned. Heck, I I had a guy down there named uh, Mark, and he was the first person that taught me to skein fish. And it just started because I talked to the guy. And I was just, I was a 19 year old kid, and this was back in 2004. And the next thing I realized, I'm running skein all the time, and we're just hammering salmon. All because I just started talking to a guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I showed up with my salmon setup, so I had my nine foot six Okuma SST, which worked I thought was Oh yeah. That was working phenomenal. Anyway oh, yeah. you fish this if you can fish the salmon or if you do fish the salmon run or anything like that, just use the same kind of setup with that. My salmon yeah. reel. Uh you could change out the line. Oh change out the line. Yeah, change out the line. Uh um, salmon are not line shy. <laughs> I well, found out this year. Yeah,
1: you you think so? Oh no, they are not line shy. Right. People think they're line shy, but I mean I I raised with the bigger fish, I decided to experiment a little bit. I've been always, the last couple of years, I've been getting heavier and heavier, and this year, I was like, I the fish are huge. Everybody was talking about how big the fish are, and I was catching big fish on Lake Michigan. We were getting 30-pound uh, line snapped, like it was no problem. Uh-huh. So I went 65-pound braid uh, underneath a bobber with 25-pound fluorocarbon leader, and those fish never stopped biting it. So now, stealing fishing, I would go, a lot lighter yeah
0: so what do you what line do you run on your for your, for your steelhead setup
1: well i run i like 15 pound uh blood run uh yeah. line with um
0: are you okay so let's talk about that because you yeah. run center pin and then you also run you can also run bait caster yep. or, or spinning rod or whatever yep. so, so let's start with let's start with uh spinning rod
1: yeah uh well are you looking at like bio bouncing or how we were fishing i mean i i guess I know you can break
0: it down super technical. Yeah, you can break it down. So well, let's hey. say one guy's just got either a, a you know a baitcaster or a spinning rod. Who's going yeah. out there? What do you recommend for your main line?
1: Uh, I like that blood run t- okay. line, 15 pound blood run line, high vis. Uh, depending on where you're fishing, you might want to uh, have like a shot leader uh, on the bigger rivers, uh, but on the smaller rivers, you could uh, if you have a longer leader, you can run. Uh, just your main line to a leader. Yep. Um but now bottom bouncing you run spinning reels and that I kinda like twelve pound line. I like to be a little bit lighter so I can get a better feel. Got yeah. Um but uh I'm I'm kind of changing my program a little bit as far as the the bobber fishing goes on the bigger rivers I'm really liking the bait casting. I fished with a buddy, like everybody's like center pin, center pin, center pin nowadays. Well, I was fishing with a buddy like three years ago and he was running a center pin. I was running a bait casting rod and I noticed that I was getting two, two, uh, two drifts in before he got, or he would get, he would get one drift for every two I was doing. And now with that knowledge, I know I've been running my bait casting more. I ran my center pin with you just cause I, I got that new Lama glass. <laughs> that I was
0: put, fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: I want to put that Lama glass to work. But I mean, I like my 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 mindset with fishing is I want to have my lines in the water as much as possible. Yeah, and so if I can get two drifts for every one drift, the center pin does. Now, don't get me wrong, the center pin comes in great usage on small rivers. I love my center pin on a small river. I love my center pin on a, a stretch like the coffer up at Tippy or any coffer in the state where you can legally fish or if you got like a small section where you can fish that the center pins are great and I love them. But don't don't let people tell you you need to have a center pin to be right. a cool stealer because it's just a tool.
0: Right. And I found that out, you were explaining to me, I found that interesting that you were using a bait caster. Yep. But just anyone who's river fish, you just cast out upstream like you normally do and let it flow by. It's a lot easier to feather out that line with a bait caster. With that bait caster. me, yeah. with me, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was struggling, but it takes a little while to, with any style of fishing that you change up with to get your bearings back on how yeah. to let that out. And mm-hmm. I could just see like, wow, if I had a bait caster, it'd be a lot easier to let yeah. that thing feather out for me.
1: Yeah. I actually have my customers just get to the back of my boat and then they just drop the bobber down in the water and just let it free float got down yet. river because if that bobber goes down, all they got to do is push down on the uh, bail and set the hook. Whereas with the spinning rail, really, you got you got to push the yep. spool over and you got to set the hook all at the same time. And I've had people set the hook and it looks like a uh, firecracker is being lit underneath <laughs> yeah. their butt. They don't know what to do. And
2: so, <laughs> yeah. baitcaster,
1: I, I try to make out my trips. I try to make it as easy as possible for the people to get fish. Good tip.
0: All right. So now what we're the style of fishing that we're doing. Uh, when we first got out there, we were floating a bobber. Yep. Um, bobber, just like. Uh, I don't know, guys. Just like uh, any kind of float bobber above your swivel, mm-hmm. uh, you can change the depth on that. Yep. Obviously, you can have a bobber stop on there if you want. If you only want to go up so high, and if you're like, using a slip bobber, yeah. Yep. If you're using a slip bobber, and then coming down off of that that swivel, what kind of leader line were we using?
1: On on that trip, we were run a shot shot leader. Yep, and that was just a shot leader with as much weight to make sure that bobber. Uh, Is pulled down, and I like to go almost to the line on the top of the bobber. Yep, and then you got another swivel, and then you got uh, a leader, and then I uh, like to put like maybe a a very small split shot on that leader. Just just to
0: keep it taut, straight up and down as it's going in that water, or what?
1: Well, that's the whole point of the weight, all that other split shot on the shot leader but that one is just to get that leader down just a little bit
0: more more. so it's not so free floating exactly Exactly. and then
1: you can use jigs you can use beads you can use plastics you can use bait i mean you can use everything and then the cool thing about bar fishing is uh you don't snag bottom as much
0: right and that's one thing that you told me to keep doing he's like and i noticed you too you're Constantly changing the depth of your bobber yeah. to find that sweet spot of where yep. you're going through. So if you're going through and you're catching bottom, or you see your bobber going under on false hooks or whatever mm-hmm. it is, up it a little bit. Yep. You know, shallow it up so that way you're free floating right over. And you yep. told me too one thing: um, those steel headers six to twelve inches off bottom. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. Yeah, especially
1: as cold as it's been. Yeah, those steelers are not moving, moving up or moving very far to get. To get the bait, so you kind of gotta bounce them off the head,
0: right? Being a little lazy,
1: yeah. Now when it warms up, it'll become a little bit easier. Um, I shouldn't say easy, but the fish will move around to get to get bait. Um, but as soon as it starts warming up, I, with all the pressure, I like to switch over to bottom bouncing.
0: Right. So that's the next technique that we did. I want to yep. get into. So bottom bouncing. If you guys can imagine this, especially the the Mommy River guys who fish for. For walleye it's kind of like a carolina rig a little bit where you got that three-way swivel yeah you got the weight heading off down one side mm-hmm. and you're just taking it off the bottom Yep, and you've got another leader line going out 18 20 inches long yep and that's just the same thing whatever you were throwing with your bobber with with presentation for bait um same thing but now you're just taking it off the bottom the whole way down
1: yep and i've noticed with the pressure uh with the fact that it's warming up the guys that haven't been steel fishing all winter—they're all excited, and it just seems like those fish really dig deep. Not dig deep, but they—they they stay on the bottom. Right. And I mean, I've seen it where bobber guys won't be catching anything, and the bottom guys will be hooking them up. Yeah. So it's like
0: look around you.
1: Yeah. Who's exactly. catching fish
0: and what are they doing?
1: Yeah. Don't be don't <laughs> be like oh you gotta be float fishing because right. sometimes sometimes there is a better way to catch fish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're talking about that. you was just like, you might, the fish might only be biting on a certain way that you might not be too fond of catching yeah. them on. But if it's the only way you're catching fish that day.
1: I'm not a big bo- a bottom guy. Uh, right. Uh, bottom bouncing <laughs> is not my thing, but I mean, what do we... That's who you, got, you landed your first fish
0: on? I landed the first fish, I think... Not the one you thumped off the side, but...
1: Yeah, yeah, we were like two for two that, or I think uh, half the fish were... Yeah. Well, no, ha- yeah, half the fish were bottom and half of them were off of bobbers. Right. But if we didn't switch to bottom bouncing, we might have never hooked those other two. Right, And sometimes I think the fish are, uh, uh, the river's moving so fast sometimes, I think sometimes you have to be bouncing bottom. When I was fishing two weeks ago, the guys that were bottom fishing, the fishing wasn't good, but the guys that were bomb bouncing were catching a couple. The guys that were bobber fishing weren't doing that well. Right. So you pay attention to what's going on around you. You can adjust. Mm-hmm. And it took me a lot of years to figure that out because I, I was always like bobber fishing, bobber fishing, bobber fishing. Yeah. And being a guide, you got to adjust sometimes and, Sometimes you got a bottom bounce, so yeah.
0: Don't let your pride or your stubbornness get exactly. the best of you on that river because you'll be humbled really fast. Exactly, you, you might find you're the only one not catching any fish out there if yep. you keep doing that. Yep. Um, so I noticed like when we were we were fishing, we would kind of go to areas where you know there'd be a huge fallen tree or branch, and yeah. you know if you guys think about it, it's almost like a petitioned off part of the river where. Like you said, that water slows down a little bit yeah. ahead of it. You can kind of get into those holes, those deeper holes, and see what's in there. Yeah, and fish it for a while. Yep. Right. That's one thing. I kind of. I, I mean, depends on the situation. It, it seemed like some spots we were like, "You're like, I know this has got a whole fish. Yeah. It looks so good." And yeah,
1: maybe it wasn't. But and that's experience. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I've been doing this since ninety six or ninety seven, but I mean, if I'm feeling like during the winter, I'm moving a lot like okay. i might hit like 10 holes in the winter like just hustling but during the springtime i mean sometimes like you said there it's like oh there's got to be fish here so i might i might hit it a little harder you
0: give it a little bit longer yeah.
1: if i have that much confidence in it and everybody there's fish being caught then i might stay there but if not then you,
0: you got to move on move on yeah okay so then let's talk about what we did then so we so you hooked into that big uh female which yeah. was which we couldn't keep because we it was yeah. foul hooked, but i think she went for it but yeah it was in her face. <laughs> she just missed that day yeah um she was thrown back but then we went you know nate had to get off the boat i had to start to get off the boat too we went back up yeah and the the, the photo that's on dan's instagram and the photo that i'm probably going to post for this podcast yeah he hooks into this, that was a 12 pound fish, right? Yeah. This 12 pound Cromer. And it was right by, it, it was close to where we had to get off the boat, but it just goes to show you, we went probably a mile and a half down the river and then we did, we kind of struck out and then we came back up and he found this hole and we set up and I found out what boat control really <laughs> if really you're, do if you're in a boat. Cause Nate, <laughs> Nate had to take the helmet. I was like, thank God it's not me. <laughs> But you hooked up into this this huge twelve pound. It was your first cast too, right? That, oh yeah. And that was on a float? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a big, big bead. And it actually went down on a spot, I did not expect. And it went down and I said I I thought when that bobber went down, I was like, oh shoot, I'm into a snag.
2: It
0: hit within like ten seconds of it being in the water. Oh yeah. Because I wasn't even unhooked and because I, I didn't have my skein yeah. on yet. And you were like, I'm hooked up. I'm like, yeah. no way. Yeah. And he was it was just peel and drag.
1: Yeah, that fish meant business. And that thing, it started wrapping. I was—we were kind of fishing really close to shore. Uh, the pressure's on; people are everywhere. So we we're up against the bank, and I like giving the shore guys their their space because we can get around. So we we're right. up against the bank, and that
0: fish right by a fallen branch or something. Yeah, we we're in we the worst spot. <laughs> yeah, because like your motor was almost touching it. I mean, we were yeah, clo- we were yeah. that close; like we were tucked in.
1: Yeah, so. I hooked up, and the fish right away went on a run down river, and then it came in towards shore, and there was a point of trees, like a down tree, and I told Nate, "You got, you got to take the boat." And he, uh, we pulled anchor, and I've lost when we first saw that fish. I knew that fish was a good one. Yeah, and if we did not pull anchor. We will have lost the fish.
0: Yeah, because it, there was this point where, I mean, Nate has experience driving the boat, but uh, like Dan was saying, there was four or five other boats around us. You yeah. got shore fishermen on the opposite bank on the other mm-hmm. side, and this fish is just hauling them. Now- Trying to wrap up in all that garbage. Exactly, and it was it was really cool for me to see this because against, your, against Nate's better judgment, Nate wanted to- anchor up yeah. and, just, and just drive in the middle of the river yeah. and, and just kind of sit there. Yeah. And you were like, this fish wants to run. Yeah. And I thought that was super important with these. I oh, mean, yeah. if anybody is hooked into a, a big steelhead, it's kind of like salmon. They're going to go and they're going to take yeah. you. Yep. And probably if it's a big fish like that, the worst thing you can do is try to horse it back to the boat. Oh, yeah. And, and what I learned, it was really cool to see was you told Nate just – Back just let up. it go back, back it off and put it in reverse and just let us go down oh, downstream. Yeah. And it's kind of like all etiquette after that. For yeah. the most part, I think people under, can understand, like, I think so. Get your lines in yeah, because I'm coming that way and I don't care what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, if somebody, I don't know, if somebody gets mad at me for I'm hooked up on a big fish and they're pissed because I come through, I mean, I guess, I guess it is what it is, but in my boat, if somebody's hooked up on a fish above me and, uh, they're they need to go through my hole i mean by all means go through my hole right so i had to get nate to uh float with the float with the current and we went through the guy's hole but they they were cool they seemed cool about it they didn't get mad and then uh you you put the net job on it yeah i did yeah yeah you got the net job on and i mean if we didn't I mean, we might have landed that fish if we didn't pull up, but I don't like taking that chance. But if we didn't pull away from that shore, we would have never landed that fish.
0: And these fish aren't stupid. They know that if they get out into the current and they know where there's not current on the other side of a fallen down branch or something like that. It's easier on them because they're not fighting the current. They're uh-huh. already fighting your rod and reel,
1: and they're going to go right through that tree.
0: And they're going to go through and the break tree, you off. and that's exactly where it was going. That's yep. what I was getting at. It's oh, like because yeah. Nate was like, "Ah, oh, just fight it from here," and you're like, "Dude, if I break <laughs> this thing off, I'm gonna be so pissed." It was kind of cool to see, knowing <laughs> fishing with Nate all day and his sarcasm. It was really cool to see him like get humble and serious about driving the boat. Oh yeah. And it was like, it was pure entertainment for me.
1: Oh yeah. Nate knows how to get it done. With yeah.
0: It. He got it done though, man. It was I, awesome. I, I had to
1: push him a little bit, but for the most part, he knows how to get it done. We got the fish in the boat. Yeah. So.
0: It, if you would have hooked into cool. that by yourself, I mean, you would have no option other than to sit there and fight it, right?
1: No, I would have pulled anchor. I've done it before. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. I would have pulled anchor and tried to get it away. Would I have landed the fish? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, probably not, but, uh, I mean, I've done it before. I mean, I know that boat, I've been using that boat for four years. So I, uh, I just, you just do what you gotta do to get the fish in the boat. Now, the problem with long rods though, is when you're by yourself,
0: there's a lot that can go wrong. There's
1: a lot that can go wrong. Like, and trying to get the net under a big fish, I've lost, I've lost one of the biggest fish of my life on the boat. And if I had somebody to help me, I probably would have landed. I've lost a couple of big fish. I lost a giant salmon three years ago. Oh my gosh. But I, I had now on the, the Pier Marquette, you can't really pull if you're by yourself, you can't really pull anchor All right. without hitting stuff. So I was kind of stuck and I couldn't get that fish on I couldn't get that fish underneath the net and I had a, probably a twelve foot rod mm-hmm. at the time. So,
0: and it's the same thing. Really you saw helps. guys on the shore too, letting them run. They would chase the, they would follow the fish downstream yeah, as far I as they can go. I mean, if there wasn't too many guys in their ways or anything like that, oh, they still would chase the fish, <laughs> just trip and fall over everybody or something no, like no, that.
1: No, people get out of the way, but sometimes I think some of the people are they'll they'll walk way down river to land a fish. And It's like they could just fight it where they're at and stuff, pissing everybody
0: off. Well, I, I think that's the thing is like a lot of people are scared to piss people off or whatever it is but yeah. i liked your attitude is what i'm getting at it's yeah, like yeah. Where you're like listen this is a big fish
1: yeah sometimes you have to
0: i'm letting go and if i'm coming in your span i'm sorry but if it was you i'm sure you'd want to do the same thing
1: oh yeah yeah i would do the same thing on definitely on the boat but uh sometimes it just you just gotta go with the fish yep yeah, but anyways, if it's a small fish. Get the boat, get the fish, and don't ruin everybody's
0: right. fish. <laughs> but anyways, the long story short, he landed. We landed the fish, and it was awesome. It was a nice fish. It, it was a good fight, and then you know, after that, that's like the thing that you said where. It was time to go, but we were all pushing it like another five minutes. Yeah, another three minutes. I really thought right. about
1: putting the boat back in the water <laughs> after you guys, because after you guys had to leave. First but.
0: Nate got off, and then I was like, ah.
1: I want twenty more
2: minutes.
0: Yeah, I was like, I'll come back and we'll do the podcast another day. Let's just keep fishing. And, and we started fishing again, and we fished. We gave it another half hour, forty minutes. But. And
1: that hole, it's happened before where I'm like, oh, that hole is open. Let's give it a shot and customer cast out first cast. It's just game on, game on. But it didn't work out like that. But it one trip last year with uh, two two years ago, me and Nate hit up uh, that hole. We dropped a buddy off. He had to get going, and we it was we hooked a couple. It wasn't anything special. And then we went across the river into the the one hole, and me and Nate just lit him up for like two hours. And then we we were texting my buddy my buddy, uh Greg, about all the pictures, and he's like, crap, I knew I should've stayed.
0: Was he at work, or no, he just no, had to go? No,
1: he was, he uh, he owns a char business up in the UP. Oh, okay. Uh, island, island Charters, and uh, he had to get going up there with his family or oh, something, yeah. and he had to drive back across the state, so he had to leave early. And I think he regretted that, because we lit them up. Those are
0: the ones that sting the worst, is when you leave and then the bike turns on.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: It was funny to see Nate. He lit up because he had to go to work and he was like, oh, i got to push this. And then I think he wanted to go home and change and get ready for work, but he just I left. I think right? he went straight to he work. He went straight to work, <laughs> work from the river. He's like, ah, I'll just look a little grungy today. Um, but yeah, so we went over setup. We went over leader line, uh, main line. We went over presentation. Um, that they we were reusing just a lot of uh, you know, skein that you had tied. Yeah. Uh, you know, from, from a standpoint of someone who's salmon fish a lot in the river, for the most part, it's kind of a, a similar setup. I think you need to change that line, like you t- when you, like you talked about. Yeah. And, there's a, and there's a couple different ways of how you present it to these fish.
1: Um, it I use more a lot of slip slip rigs okay. on the salmon. Um, I use slip bobbers. I use slip uh, slip weights. Um. Salmon don't seem to be, like I said, line shy that much. Uh, I feel like salmon are either biting or they're not in the river. Okay. And uh, so I run a slip bobber, then a slip weight, and then a a, a swivel, and then I tie my leader to a, a hook. Okay. Whatever hook is legal for that river. And then I use the egg knot for the uh, skein. Gotcha. But then we chuck thunder sticks, too, for the salmon. And that's Have you done that?
0: I haven't done that yet. Oh,
1: you got a couple. I mean,
0: understand. we were out there. We were out there a few days ago. Guys were running. Was it J plugs or no? no not Ryan, J plugs. Uh,
1: uh, Yakima Maglips. Yeah, Maglips. Yeah.
0: And they were. I mean, some guys were doing that when we were out there too. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody doing well I, on those. I things. didn't see any hits that day, but it was just another presentation. When I was like, what, yeah, are they, what are they doing? I'm sure
1: they're. I, I don't. I. I don't. Uh, What's it called? <laughs> There's a word for it. Um. Plug Oh, plug in. <laughs> I don't plug that much. So, I mean, Yakima is a great brand and people people love the Maglips. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think there's definitely, a, that's another thing. I think there's a time and place for it. Are they taking um, off
0: the bottom with those things or what
1: are they? Doing? No, they're just getting, from what I understand, they get very close to the bottom. And then they try and just corner the fish into, uh, they're trying to get them mad um, I'm sure some fish are maybe feeding on these plugs, but they're, they're mainly just trying to get the fish mad and then they strike out of aggression, aggression, bite, um, yeah. but I haven't really seen that, uh, being effective so far, but I'm, like I said, I'm sure there's a time and place where I just don't know it.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, we didn't see anybody hook up that day, but, um, from my standpoint, it, it seemed very doable just to go out there with that bobber rig, Yeah. um, running that leader line, um, and then, uh, or the other way was bottom bouncing. Yeah, like you said. I mean, if there's two ways you're gonna go, uh you can do the skein thing, you can do the jig thing, and then yep. any other recommendation what people should maybe have in there. I'd say a lot uh, of hooks you snap off more <laughs> a than you lot think. Of hooks, logics, and that was the point of that second leader line going because yeah. if you snap off below that swivel, you don't have to retie your whole split your shot, whole shot line. line. Yeah. yeah,
1: you just tie on a leader. You might put on one split shot, and then you're you're back in the game. Right. So I. And you don't need that uh, on the smaller rivers. On the smaller rivers, I like a bobber. You got some shot, and then you might have a longer leader than you would on the main on the bigger rivers. And then you put on a little bit more shot, and then you t- tie that that hook on or jig or bead or whatever you want. Yeah. yeah.
0: It is going to be a lot of trial and error. You're going to lose a lot, a lot of, of lures. You're going to lose a lot of hooks. And it's just, once you find the river, I mean, because you're always adapting to the river conditions. And once you find that that certain setup where you're humming along just perfect, you're not setting up, you're not snagging up enough, yeah. and, and, you're, and you're, you're floating good, I mean, that's when you, it's going to take you a couple hooks and sinkers to get there, but yeah. you'll, you'll eventually get to it.
1: And another thing is just do what, you have fun with. Yeah. I mean, some guys like fly fishing. Some guys like plugging. Yeah. Some guys like float fishing. Some guys like bottom bouncing. Do what you like. Don't care about what everybody's thinking about you. I mean, everything has its place in time. And for me as a fisherman, I like to figure that out. Like I just stayed, I'm not much of a plugger. It's never really got me excited, but I mean, a couple of years I might try and figure that out. And it might just be another tool in my shed to, get these fish hooked.
2: Yeah,
0: we're always talking about adapting on this podcast, adapting the conditions and Uh pivoting and things like that. You gotta do it in order to be successful.
1: Exactly, and if you can learn what technique works for everything, you're gonna be catching that many more fish.
0: Yep. All right, so as you're pre-scouting and looking for these river conditions, what's the one piece of advice that you would give people when it comes to timing this thing the right way?
1: Yeah, just uh just study study the techniques, go out, give it give it a shot. Um and like I've always said that like people get on the internet and they're like looking for a fishing report. I did this when I was a little kid in high school. I was looking for the easiest way to catch fish. And then I would get a report that the asaba was full of salmon, I would rush up there and fish all week and not catch anything. What I did not know is there's techniques. And when you figure out the techniques and you learn them well, that's when you start catching fish. So the best I think I can tell people is to just go fishing. Don't look for a report. Just go. Some days you might light them up. Some days you might not catch a fish. But I can guarantee you're going to have a good time regardless.
0: Well, that gets back to what you were talking about earlier is like, don't j- just get out there. I mean, that's, that's the whole yeah, point and that's how you get... You get better at everything. And if you're going out there just to only catch fish, you're missing out. You're missing out.
1: Yeah. And you're not going to have as much fun. Right. I mean, I've, I've fished with people that the only thing that matters is if they catch, they kill the fish and then they, they, they're miserable the whole time. And it's actually ruins it for the other guys on the boat. If you're just cussing and swearing because you're not catching anything, just go out there and
0: have fun. And plus it's sweeter when you catch the fish and you find your own bite. Yeah. Like you said, when you just, just go, who cares what everyone else is exactly. doing? Exactly. If you find your own bite or your own little technique or your own little oh, time yeah. of year that 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 I mean, because I've got my own little time of year that I know, you know, when to go after Steelhead and Brown yeah. through the ice that I think a lot of people don't know about. But I found that just on a random day of going out. Yeah. And that's that's what it's all about.
1: I had a trip a couple of years ago. Uh it was back before I was guiding where everybody was saying, Oh, the river's there's no fish and i went down there and the first hole i pulled into i i went three four four on steel it in like five cast and i'm like oh my gosh man i'm i'm on a hot bite and then i moved down the river i never hooked a fish the rest of the trip but if i didn't go i wouldn't have had that experience right so it was that that was fun
0: so just get out there
1: just get out there go fishing
0: so you have a special project coming up that you're kind of are initiating playing it, with, yeah, playing, playing with. with the idea. Just tell everybody a little bit about that.
1: So, if you fished the Betsy River last year, you noticed how trashed it was. Um, it was disgusting—just line, paper, garbage. Just it was horrible. It was like a garbage dump. And I've been talking with a with a guy over in uh, the Gaylord area about doing a Betsy River cleanup, and uh, we've we've got a date. Um, and we're looking for volunteers and if anybody is in it, they want to help, let me know. Um,
0: my hands raised right now,
1: <laughs> but yeah, we're going for October 19th. I okay. feel like that's a great time. Salmon season is pretty much coming to an end and, uh, it's before the rut. So, uh, if you fish the Betsy river, if, if you just want to show up and help out, it's a it's if we do it, it's going to be a great event. And if if I have more people that are willing to help, I'll definitely run with it.
0: And you'll post that on your social.
1: Yeah, I'm looking to get uh, possibly MUCC, possibly other couple other companies to help. You know, uh, you
0: should hit up is that. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers of Michigan's chapter. Yeah, and have a cleanup day for the public lands and everything yeah, we've, like that. Yeah,
1: we have talked about it. Um, one of the guys actually is part a member. Um so we're we're playing with that idea backcountry hunter backcountry hunter they're they're more of like a pushing for public lands right they don't do a lot of stuff like that so uh i'm hoping if we run with that that they'll get involved yeah
0: that'd be awesome the so, more the merrier yeah, yeah anybody who knows who's fished that that stretch of water over it the got years pounded it got, year. yeah exactly it's tough to see especially when. I don't know, years ago, it used to be a whole lot different, you know? It used to be an area where you could go out and, you know... I mean, everyone comes up here and they want to experience natural kind of the... And now you can kind of see that trash being left on the rivers and getting pounded. And Mm -hmm. and it's kind of rough to look at. And it kind of ruins ruins the experience for you sometimes.
1: Yeah, and that's... I mean, just take your stuff out. Right. I mean, there's absolutely no reason we should have to do these river cleanups. No. But we do, and... It's kind of we try and clean it up because then when we winter fish, we want to have a nice place to go fishing.
0: It's great to get so many people involved in the outdoors and sportsmen and stuff like that. But <laughs> if you've been doing this long enough, you know we're also our own worst enemies. We are from lo- from losing privileges. Oh yeah, um, from you know access sites and things like that. Um, you used to be able to camp at Tonk Hole, right, at, on the Big Man
1: S D and you were feet away from the river and now because people left that place trashed they can't we can't legally camp there anymore you can't stay there overnight you're either fishing or not and that used to be a really fun place to camp and you can't do it anymore because people trashed the river
0: yeah i mean we ruin it but it's also unfortunately now our our obligation and our duty and because we want to do it to clean it up yeah you know even if it's not you specifically if we don't volunteer and do this, yep. that's when the DNR says, fine, we're not gonna let you have access to it then mm-hmm. because if you guys leave it looking like shit all the time, yep. we're not, that's not where we're gonna spend our dollars. Exactly, that's so exactly. That's right. awesome, I, I really hope that comes through and yeah, we'll, we'll be following that for sure.
1: Yeah, like I said, if I got people helping me, I mean, I'd be all about, but it's still still what, eight months away? Yeah. So, but I am starting to talk to people and see what we can get cool.
0: going for it, so. Cool, and then, um, You know, going up in the guide business and stuff like that, who's helped you along the way when it comes to kind of, I guess I want to leave the listeners with someone who's thinking about doing this for a living or getting more serious about fishing. Yeah. Is there an example of someone that has brought you along and have taught you, like you said, like that yeah. guy, Mark in the river taught you a lot just by asking. Yeah. Anybody listening to this podcast going along the way and they want to take their angling to the next level, who for you as an example has kind of brought you to the next level?
1: Oh man. Well, there's, there's so many people in the fishing scene that have helped me. I can't, I couldn't even tell you all the names. It's a small world. It, yeah. It, I mean, it's there's when I was a little kid, there was guys off Michigan sportsman taking me, taking me fishing on their boats. I mean, there's just so many people. It all started with my dad originally just taking me. But, I mean, as far as the guiding stuff, um, I mean, if it wasn't for Chad Dilt helping me along the way and uh, then Chris Davis of Lakeside hiring me on to work his boat, I mean, I don't know where I would be. I'd, be, I'd probably be doing something I didn't truly enjoy. So, uh yeah. I can't thank them enough for their help. And then now like another thing is that as I've got, I've been growing in this industry, I've been meeting businesses and I'm starting to work with new businesses this year. I I've started working with, uh, and it's not like, it's not like a pro staff thing. It's not like I've signed paper, but I mean, I'm on their guide programs. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I started, uh, working with Lamaglass glass a couple of weeks ago on their guide program. And I met Doug at uh, uh, the fishing show, the Grand Rapids Fishing Show, who runs Arctic Spinners, and I'm gonna be running some of his spinners, trying to find colors and give him ideas, and um, ITO flies, and uh, a big guy that helps me out big time is M60, uh, a a guy that helps me out a lot is Eddie Beckley over on the east side of the state, actually, at M65 Bait Shop. Okay. So he's been helping me with uh, getting Deals on rods and reels and just tons of different stuff. So and then just the companies that I network with, like uh and uh, Lakeside Fishing Chars, Sportfish Michigan, they've been giving me a couple trips from time to time and then uh icebreaker chars and my guide services. They've been we we network. I mean it's all about networking. If, yeah, if you're coming into this business or you wanna get in this business and think you can just come in and start booking trips. It, you're going to have a hard time, right? Um, there's very few people that can do that. But if you're coming in here, and it's more fun when you're working with your buddies, uh, getting trips, you're watching them succeed, you're succeeding, they're helping you succeed. It just makes it so much
0: better, right? And you gotta you gotta audit yourself and be like, what do I want out of this industry? And that's what yeah. you know, like you were saying, like you're testing some of the baits and the colors and stuff like that. Yeah, I would imagine you're not just going up to these guys and say, I have a guide business, you should give me free lures. No, it's no. like they want to see. What can you do for the company? Right. What kind of feedback you can provide right. for them, and then that's when that relationship starts. Oh yeah. Where you can help each other out, and it kind of evolves from there. Yeah, I, I found it at least. Yeah, Arctic the Arctic Spinner guy
1: was next to me at the Grand Rapids Fishing Show, and him and I, if we didn't have customers we were working with, we were chatting the whole time, sharing stories, sharing adventures, right. and then the next thing I realized is sh- the show is over, and. Uh, we're like best friends, sharing numbers. He's gonna come up and go fishing with me for uh, the Platte Bay Salmon. I mean, we're, we're both fired up to be working with each other. And I mean, that's just, it's not, like I took out uh, uh, a guy over on the east side, of dart and archer guy, and he says he gets hit up like 30 times a day for sponsorships. You're not going to stand out just by sh- asking somebody for a sponsorship. Right. You guys show them what can you do for them, and right. they 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 want to work with people, but they don't. They also don't want to be screwed over with just giving out free gear and not getting anything in return.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, man, they got to turn a profit. They can't just give away all their stuff. Exactly.
1: So exactly. I, it, same thing for me. Same thing for you. I mean, we can't be just giving away stuff. So.
0: But you can give us. Something right on some of the listeners today. Yeah. What did I, you want to throw out there for us?
1: I got I got a couple things. I got discounts on my fishing trips, ten percent off on any of my uh inland river trips, salmon steelhead Um and then uh I got uh more ten percent off on any of the Great Lakes stuff like the Detroit River, uh Lake St. Clair, Walleye, uh Frankfurt, Michigan, salmon fishing. And, uh, and if you need a place to stay, we also got $100 off for any of our vacation rentals for a week's stay.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. is there so, Do they offer like a promo code or anything, or is it just Just, just tell
1: p- me that you heard this podcast, and you want to go fishing, and we'll get you into some fish.
0: That's awesome, dude. I'd, uh, and everyone can follow you on social where at.
1: Uh, all you got to do is go to chromeseekers.com, and you'll find all my information and my rates and... Heck, if you just want to follow me to see what I'm catching on social, yeah, yeah, you got me on social. Chrome seekers dad underscore, Chrome seekers underscore sport fishing.
0: Yeah, and guys, I'll link to all that in the show notes to Dan's website as well, so you can go check out his uh, his guiding trips, his rates, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, from there, you'll be able to to wander around and and, and hook up with him. Dan, I can't thank you enough for no invite me to your house. Thank you for thanks for sharing doing some, this. Thanks for sharing some pizza with me, yeah. and more importantly. <laughs> Thank you for taking me out fishing. I no really problem. appreciate it, man, I learned a ton.
1: It was an absolute blast, and I'm I'm thinking you and I might be fishing from time to time. Yeah, yeah dude, we gotta
0: get on that salmon <laughs> bite. Minutes,
1: 30 minutes away, Jeez.
0: Yeah, that salmon bite I'm really pumped for in the open oh, water Oh, we this gotta year. go. Plus, I gotta see how Nate does as a deckhand. Yeah. You know, I could be like his secret like report card guy and just like report back to you and be like, dude, I don't know, I think Nate needs to do a little bit better at this or whatever.
1: You can be like that undercover boss. You can just show up at somebody <laughs> else and we won't tell nate yeah and you show up and like
0: Nate. here's your report card man
1: yeah here's your report card why did you put that bait on the bottom yeah or why did you say
0: that about dan behind his back yeah why (laughs) did you
1: pull the line when uh dan was frustrated because the fish weren't biting or whatever
0: is nate even on social
1: yeah nate's on social
0: oh we got all right i'm gonna find out his do Do you know uh, what his is it is (laughs) he
1: gets a bunch of people adding. him (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> he's go like, no, no no just just
0: throw it out there he's like why are these people following me I don't know what I did oh. well Nate you showed up that day <laughs> yeah you came you got in the boat that day fish
1: <laughs> oh he only has four pictures but
0: blast Nate's handle out there
1: <laughs> Nate's uh handle is Nate underscore fish for life
0: on Instagram right
1: on Instagram check him out
0: check out Nate dude Nate is gonna He's, his entry into the fishing world has been huge. And, uh, I think you're going to, that's going to be a name that you guys are going to recognize for years to come. So check out yeah. Nate, shout out to Nate. That's it guys. That's episode number 20. I want to thank Dan from Chrome seekers, sport fishing, uh, for coming on the podcast to teach us all about, uh, steelhead river fishing in the spring. Uh, I think it's something that you guys should get out there and try out for yourself. I had a blast doing it. Uh, you know, I had a blast learning from Dan and Nate. Uh shout out to Nate. Uh he's a cool dude as well. And those two together really um really brought a lot of value and taught me a lot um about steelhead fishing. So go check out Dan's website at ChromeSeekers.com and hit him up, mention this podcast, and you get ten percent off your guide, your guiding trip. How badass is that? That's awesome. That's very nice of Dan to offer that. I'm pumped about that. I hope you guys take advantage of that and and mention this episode. And, uh, again, guys, thank you for one year of this podcast. I'm looking forward to many more years to come. Um, you know, thank you. Thank you. Follow me on Instagram at freshwater bite and, uh, you know, leave a rating, continue to interact, send those emails and let me know what you want to hear next. So cheers. And, uh, thanks for listening.